This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. This show is brought to you by IndieWrestling.us. Check out IWC, RWA, and more. And listeners like you, support this show at Patreon.com slash Wrestling Mayhem Show. Hey guys, it is the Indie Mayhem Show. I'm Mike Sorg at Sorgatron on the Twitter. This is the podcast where we talk about and with people in and around indie indie independent professional wrestling um and uh today we're going to have a, a panel of course but in the meantime please go check out everything at indie wrestling.us wrestling this and other great podcasts a lot of the archive a lot of great discussions we've had for the indie mayhem show and of course please subscribe over uh wherever you get your podcasts over at the uh indie mayhem show on there and also look at the wrestling mayhem show super feed uh where there's a lot of like all the all the mayhem shows the wrestling shows that we do here um, on the network uh, with Wrestling Mayhem Show. Uh, so with us this week, we got a little bit of a panel. Of course, there's uh, well, we'll just introduce the panel first. First of all, he's the the one of the evil geniuses behind uh, uh, Rise Wrestling. Uh, that's Rise with a Y, who we'll be talking about today. Marcus Mann, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, I, I, here's what I'm going to say, Sword. With everything that's going on in wrestling today, uh, evil might not be the thing that I that want associated with my name. Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe 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 take that off from now on. Okay, uh, okay, that that adjective. I, I, I'm I'm working on my off the cuff uh, comments. I, I caught myself on the yeah. Mayhem Show the other day too, saying something that wasn't a you know fitting for today. Let's say, uh, working yeah. on it. We are all trying to do better. Uh, with us also, he is the trophy boy, Tyler Klein. Hello. How's everybody doing? All right. Oh, you, got, you got a swivelly chair and everything. You're just like in full I do. office mode. I do. I'm, I'm, on my, uh, I'm on my desktop sort of area. <laughs> so it's like the camera's not high up and I'm just like, yeah, not as fashionable today. <laughs> and also, also with us today is Laura Loveless, I believe. Uh, well, no, you've been on the show in person before. First time uh, remote here. How you doing, Laura? Good. Awesome. Happy to be here. Awesome. So uh, I, I I kind of approached Marcus uh, uh, and Brandon about this idea with everything that's been going on with the Speak Out movement and, of course, a lot of other of these big topics over the last uh, week or so, especially in the pro wrestling world. Um, the idea of a safe locker room, I, I know, has come up a lot on on Twitter and about how do we do that in the future. I, I think today, and I'm hoping to pull it up here during the course of the show, I, I've seen like a list of things to ensure a safe locker room and welcoming locker room and, and and if there's anything like for with rise wrestling and we've we've talked about this multiple times here and there uh, across the shows and everything like rise has seemed to be the most welcoming of locker rooms and and actively trying to be the most welcoming of locker rooms there and Marcus, you've talked about that, that here on the show. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that, you know, and kind of that philosophy that happens with Rise Wrestling? Um, well, I appreciate the compliment um, and that, that you feel that way, and I, I hope that others feel that way uh, about our locker room. Now, uh, having said that, I mean, over the last, you know, week or so, we've all had to come to terms with uh, understanding that uh, no matter how good you think you are, you may not be good enough. Right. Um, and that, and that just because you feel like it's a, it's a, 
a place is doing well doesn't mean it's doing good enough. And that's, that's something that we're working on. But as far as our mottos or what we've tried to do with the locker room, um, we have tried to be as welcoming as possible. Uh, we have tried to um, make sure that everyone felt comfortable uh, in our locker room or comfortable coming to management or if there is any sort of issue, squashing them as soon as possible. Uh, that doesn't always mean that everyone is successful. That does not mean that um, you know there's still not work to do. But the concept of Rise uh, from the beginning, what, what Brandon wanted was a place for young wrestlers that he saw with a voice uh, that weren't getting to speak out uh, and ability to do that. Um, and so when you start that company on that kind of motto of you know people that haven't really got to be heard, uh, whether they've been young or underutilized or things like that. Uh, when you start a company that way, um, it tends to grow in a way that um, lets people uh, use their voice for, uh, you know, social change or acceptance or things like that as well. Um, so I hope that the company has been uh, perceived that way, and I hope that we can continue that way. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it's, um, just like I said, just because things have gone well doesn't mean you're doing everything right. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, so so from this, you know, when I was preparing for things, uh, I wanted to bring Tyler and Laura on to kind of talk about, like, you know, as members of the locker room that have been in and out of the, that uh, company. Uh, you know, w- what is it that kind of, you know. What is it that kind of makes Rise a little more comforting for for you guys, um, you know, versus other locker rooms? Well, ladies first, if you want to go first, Laura. Oh, thank you, Tyler. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I would say uh, there is a good amount of not only just camaraderie, but um, people are generally very friendly. Mm -hmm. I could tell, too, from people who are visiting from out of state. Rise has always had a very welcoming locker room, um, a very kind kind of demeanor and, you know, a very professional in the sense that, you know, we understand that you're here to work with us um, and be a performer with us. And I think that really kind, at least for me uh, as a wrestler, when I'm entering in an environment and I'm, I'm not well, like, you know, acquainted with or people whom I've never worked before, it's always a little nerve wracking because you don't want to make, you want to make sure you don't piss off that one person or you don't want to step on the wrong person's toes. There's really a lack of ego uh, in rise in that regard. So it's, it's very easy, I think, to kind of just assimilate into that environment and be very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can kind of, Tyler, <laughs> I can kind of echo what Laura said. Like I'm very new to the Pittsburgh area and rise was one of the first places that I actually was able to, you know, go and, you know, go back in the locker room it, with me. It's always super nerve wracking going someplace new where you don't know people. I mean, being friends with, um, some of the people who have worked with rise and of course, you know, golden sheep with Calvin and that and, uh, BC, uh, I knew what I was kind of getting into going there and how great the locker room was, but, even so, for somebody who's part of the LGBTQ community, going into new locker rooms, especially if you're out, is really nerve-wracking because sometimes there are, depending on when you, where you go, there are stigmas associated with being LGBTQ. Like, either 
you're there to be inappropriate or you know the only reason you're doing it is for inappropriate reasons which sucks because that's not what that's that's not what we're about and i understand at some point i can understand you know where people's fears come from because you know there are of course you know what's going on now there are plenty of people who are like that so it has people scared but like going into rise and being there and just being around everybody like i didn't feel that i felt that other places not in the pittsburgh area of course but like places i've gone different states and all that it's just been i've been i was afraid to be who i was because of you know potentially where i was like Mm -hmm. you know be quiet i'm not gonna say a word i'm just gonna keep to myself which sometimes may come off if you're afraid may come off as you being like standoffish or not interested in talking to people but it's more of a fact that i'm a little more nervous about letting people know who i am and i've never had that feeling at rise at all Mm -hmm. so let's talk about a little bit of you know of course it feels like um and we try to kind of segment this a little bit on the wrestling mayhem show this week with badger and the speaking out movement but there's a lot of um a lot of the backstage uh, atmosphere, I don't know, unspoken rules, you know, wh- whatever the case may be, is being exposed, you know, uh, for better and worse uh, in the last week. Uh, and that's kind of being like it's exploding right in front of the fans is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. Right. Uh, you know, talk. Can we talk a little bit about um Talk, kind of translate that to the fans that may be listening more than the other wrestlers right now. Like, what are kind of the expectations in the locker room? Kind of give me a general, just as a, a little familiarization point for them. Um, you know, what, what you know, we, we, we talk about feeling comfortable. We talk about uh, uh, egos and things. Like, what, what is that atmosphere uh, uh, generally like that, that we can kind of translate to those fans right now? Yeah, I'll start a little bit on this because, like, um, one of the things we've tried to set up a rise is, is to like defy a lot of that in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I want to point this like a story out. It's one of my favorite stories was like when I first started um, and I, and sort of over the years, I've kind of like shied away from like my early days and like naming names. Cause like I never wanted to get into heat, but like at this point I don't care anymore um, because of everything that's come out over the last week with the places I've worked. But when I first started and I'll say anything that PWX, um, there was an older club there that kind of ran the locker room. Mm-hmm. There was a veteran unit and there was this atmosphere of, I'm an old school mentality. And when I first uh, trained and when I was first involved in this, this is we're talking like nine years ago uh, is when I first started. Um, you, you definitely were different to a lot of these people. You definitely, made sure that you made, shake the, shook everyone's hands and did all that type of stuff. And I remember, um, uh, I can't remember how long I'd been in. I think it'd been less than a year. And I had forgotten or I had missed shaking Brandon K's hand. Um, and because Brandon at that time was very, very personal and like wasn't, like he changed by himself. He really wasn't hanging out with the locker room. So it was easy to miss him. And I did. And I remember it was later on in the night. I saw him in the room. I think with Quinn and I like felt that dread that you feel when you, you know, pissed off a veteran. And I remember going in and apologizing to Brandon and saying, I'm sorry, I missed shaking your hand. And Brandon looked me dead in the eye and said, do not ever apologize again. It's not important. It's okay to miss someone. Mm-hmm. And that changed me a lot. Um, because here's a guy who is the cornerstone of a company who had worked, his entire life to get that respect and then 
knew he had it, so he didn't need you to bow down to him. It, 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 it changed how I viewed a lot of stuff. And so when the company first started, I wanted that feeling. Now, when wrestlers show up as, as, a, as the person in charge, shaking hands is a big part of that. And a lot of people say, you know, it's respect. For me, running the show, I like when people shake my hand because I know you're there. And that's big. Like, I know that you're at the building and that I don't need to look for you and that we're okay. The show is going to run smoothly. Um, so that's why I like it. And I don't even need a handshake. I just, a acknowledgement that you're here. It's a big for me. Mm-hmm. Um, moving aside all of that, the handshake to go home, I think is a garbage tradition and we can all throw it out. Uh, this idea that you have to shake everyone's hand when you leave, just leave. It's fine. It's really fine. Um, so there is these like little tiny, you know, traditional things that I have to this day still do. Um, if you're sitting in a chair and a veteran walks in, you're supposed to stand up and give them that chair. It's a sign of respect that they paved the way for you. Uh, when a veteran comes up and this is, this is my own company. I run. If a veteran comes up to say goodbye, I stand up to say goodbye to them. This is just a little respected, but the wrestling business is full of these little unknown you know, rules that people expect that you should know, but never teach you directly. And there is an, a mentality in an older generation um, that is cultivated through years and years and years that if you disobey or if you forget or if you do anything wrong in these little rules that you don't know, you are seen as ungrateful or disrespectful or any of those types of things. And that breeds a culture of fear inside a locker room and when you have a culture of fear you have a culture of failure in my opinion because if you're afraid you're tense and you fail um and i think that's the exact opposite way that you need to run any sort of locker room uh trainers and bookers and promoters a lot of places have this instilled fear that your spot can be gone at any time with any screw up and i i i I desperately try to stay away from that feeling at all times because I think it does lead to um, people in power abusing that power. Mm-hmm. If your spot is on the line at any time with any screw up, those people in power can manipulate that and use that against you and can abuse their power. And I think it also just creates uh, bad performances, in my opinion. I think wrestlers get tense. They don't perform as well. They're more worried about screwing up than they are about you know, just performing. Um, and I think they put on worse performances because of it. Um, and, and so I think that those little things, slowly but surely, the more we weed those out and more we weed out this, this fear mentality that people are getting in wrestling, then I think you'll start seeing things migrate to the better. So, so when we're talking about this fear, in a lot of these cases that I'm seeing in the Speak Out movement, um and, and and you know Lori and Tyler, if you can speak to this too, it seems that a lot of the I haven't said anything because I was afraid mm-hmm. is like whether it be you know and I see this echoed multiple times because of my spot because of the company because of this because of the influence because of who it was like that seems to echo from again it, you know resonates with that 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 fear just feeds all that uh, from yeah. this correct yeah it really I mean it it does you've being worried about a spot, I mean, some people who have been called, or some people who 
have done the calling out and stuff like that. Wrestling might be the only thing that they have. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's their thing, and they're afraid to talk out because of for fear of like losing that one thing that they have. Because if it turns out, there's always uh, unfortunately with something like this, there's always a shadow of doubt on either side. And I mean, while I that's not something that I really believe that there should be, you shouldn't that you shouldn't believe the like the person accusing you should always believe them. Mm-hmm. There's the reason why some people I think don't come out with it is because they'll see so many times where they're not going to believe or, or they say they won't be believed and that installs the fear and that's why they do it. So it takes one person to speak. I mean, obviously it took one person to speak out and then look where we are now. It, it's like the floodgates open and like back to what Marcus is saying is like with that instilled fear of your spot and stuff like that. And it's actually something that was instilled in me. I didn't train in Pittsburgh. I had trained in Massachusetts. It wasn't really instilled in my school, but it was something that I always had that fear of because I heard other wrestlers talk about it, not so much my trainer. I mean, <laughs> when I did Uprise, I was really nervous and really, you know, two seconds into my match, I got I hurt myself and I went through and I came back and I was upset. It wasn't the fact that I got hurt. I was upset, upset that because in my mentality, I was scared that I had messed up. I wasn't going to be, you know, not welcome back, but like, at that point, like I, I like cost myself a spot because I didn't, pref- I don't think I perform well. And Marcus came down and he's like, no, you did fine. And like, I couldn't even tell this. I was like, I, I mean, I was on tears. I pulled my groin, but I like, that was something that I knew at that point that rise didn't have that type of mentality. That's why I like, it's, that's why I like being there so much. Cause where I'd come from, it was like, cool. You look like crap out there. They can just be like, you know what? You know what? You're done. And even if it's your school or where you trained or whatnot, no, you're done. You're good. We don't want to mm-hmm. use you anymore. I didn't feel like that with Rise at all. Like I was freaking out, but I was assured, you know, that I was fine and everything like that. And it was really caring, like Morgan and Marcus and everybody, you know, checking up on me, making sure I'm okay, you know, everything like that. And I'm one of those people that I'm, I get super nervous about stuff. Like I'm just making sure I want to go out there and not only do good for, or get a good representation for the company and the show and everything like that, but also for the fan. And whenever I, you know, we're always our worst critics. Whenever I screw up, I'm always, you know, hard on myself, but having locker room there is create such positivity. You know, it really helps. So that's why, you know, rise does such a good job with it. I think. But uh, Laura, we, we've, we've talked a lot on the show and in, in mayhem show about women's wrestling. And, you know, one of the, you know, one of the questions I think I ask whenever I have a woman on for, uh, 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 the show and your interview and probably asked you too was kind of like you know what, what's the vibe out there what you know state of state of women's wrestling is kind of what we usually do uh, you've been uh, I think I think at this a little longer than Tyler if I have my my timing mm-hmm. correct here like uh, what do you kind of see out there uh, you know from a women's perspective in, in multiple locker rooms uh, 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 kind of the the breadth of the vibe uh, uh, from locker room to locker room honestly it could be different from promotion to promotion. It can be night and day Mm -hmm. promotion to promotion. Um, I worked in some really awesome locker rooms besides rise. Um, I worked in some very awesome uh, locker rooms and they all seem to have a really awesome attitude. Um, OCW is definitely one that was pushing women's wrestling in their area pretty hard and very positive. Uh, You know, if a match didn't go well for somebody, uh, for one of the uh, wrestlers there, there was always, you know, feedback, but it was constructive. Um, very supportive guys there. I really enjoy working with those guys a great deal. Uh, very respectful 
they always made sure that we had spaces that were separated for the guy from the guys. Um, and even if they didn't, they would make it so that we would still have privatized areas for us to get changed and everything else. Uh, I see us as the same way. Uh, again, very respectful for what we're trying to do. Um, if I ever had to have a match with a girl that we'll say is like less than 20 matches in, which is getting more and more common because there is kind of a mini explosion for women's wrestling right now. Um, the girls I've worked nine times out of 10 have always been exceptionally respectful, have listened. Um, and the fact that, you know, they came in there with a much more comfortable attitude towards things. When I, you know, talk to them and explain to them, like, look, this is, you know, your 11th or 12th match. It's not the end of the world. If something wrong happens, just hang on to me. We'll get through it. You know, it brings the best out of them. Um, and they also have that support from everybody else besides me, which is huge because it's very hard to walk into a locker room and be the only other woman with a younger girl or a newer girl. And you feel like you're on an Island. Um, and that, you know, if you screw up in front of the guys, they're going to know that you're not worth being there. Mm -hmm. So that was always a mentality that was kind of pushed on to you at the beginning anyway. Um, uh, but now at least some of the places that I've worked, it seems to become a lot more relaxed and we are all equal in that regard. If you have a bad match, you have a bad match. It's not because you're a girl. It's just because, well, things didn't work out. Or if you have a great match, Hey, you have a great match. It's not because you're a girl. So that I do see and some really positive changes happening in a few of the locker rooms I've worked. I've worked in some locker rooms where I haven't felt safe. Um, that having another girl there was just almost like, I don't want to say ring the dinner bell, but it felt like that kind of way. Um, and I'll, if, if you ask questions more in detail later, I, I can give you a couple of stories. I want to make sure we have time to explain everything. Um, but definitely I've been in some locker rooms where, and this has become less and less, which I'm happy about, but it's, it's felt uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so one one thing I've seen that kind of uh, shared around it, and I feel bad I didn't bookmark it because I really did want to bring it up on the show. But I've seen these um, um, code of conduct, sexual harassment policies that I think I think somebody originally the first time I saw it, they said this is posted typically on in like rest or not restaurants but bars say right, um, and having something like that kind of shared in. Uh, the pro wrestling backstage space as well, probably even the show, because I mean, I mean, fans will sometimes overstep boundaries as well, uh, as I, we've all seen at some point or another. Uh, so, you know, you guys are already kind of moving towards you know, and already doing a lot of good work uh, uh, to make a safe environment. Like, what with the with this focus on specific aspects of the locker room, like, what are things that you you kind of look at or would recommend? Uh, for promotions uh, and this is for all of you across the board to make that safe to make sure like you know you're not in a situation like laura just described you know uh, uh in, in the long run um i can so i can talk about a little bit over the last you know week uh you know brandon uh, myself and christy have reached out to a, a few people in that respect of uh, getting advice from women in our locker room. Mm. Um, and, 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 you know, what would you like to see? What would make you feel better? Um, 
one of the big complaints we've had, um, and it's something that we're addressing uh, internally, uh, is uh, intermission safety. And that's something that um, women, particularly of what has been told to me, is um, when you're at a merchandising table and a crowd is around you, uh, that's when things can go out of hands with fans and things like that. Okay. Uh, and that can be a, that can be a, a moment where uh, someone is, who is, can harass you or something like that in that type of environment. Um, and so something that we need to look into and something we've been guilty of, and I think most wrestling promotions have also been guilty of this, is uh, we aren't training security properly to mm-hmm. deal with those situations, mm-hmm. to be uh, around in, in that type of stuff. Um, so if a woman who is, you know, on the show is a performer, um, is at a merchandising table and is having an issue, where does she go? Where, who does she find? How does that get addressed immediately with the security? Are they trained properly to deal with that situation? That's something we need to address. I think a lot of places need to address. Um, I think that, um, we do a pretty good job, uh, but we've had complaints as well. Um, so we've had to change things. I know with certain specific women uh, on our roster, which is uh, leaving a show. Fans will hang around. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will creep on you after a show to your car and things like that. So making sure that uh, women who are leaving are, you know, properly protected with security or, you know, anything like that. Um, that is, a, is something that we need to look into and make sure that that's, a viable uh, solution to people. Um, also, like you got to make sure that when things happen in a locker room, and this is speaking to management side and a wrestler side. So when an incident happens, um, it needs to be brought to light. Um, and so when I talk about like the fear in the locker room, there is like this fear sometimes when something happens that they go, you know, well, I don't want to make waves. Yeah. And, you need to make waves, is what I will say. So, but on the other side is management needs to be trusted that you can go to them and that your voice isn't making waves. It's going to be believed and heard. And so, you know, if the, the, the issue that I see here is I, as much as I try to be open and I try to be that person, I feel like people can come to me to say anything that doesn't necessarily mean that I, I will be viewed that way, no matter how hard I try. So you need a third party. You need someone that people can go to that they know that they can trust uh, that will that will speak on their behalf. That's something to look into and talk about as well, like just to make sure that these types of things are put in place. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, like so, so many promotions, like the security is just the guys available to you know, that volunteer for yeah. security or things like that. I, I know we've had problems with that world. We'll see an incident in front of us, you know, as a video crew and be like somebody, there's nobody to take care of this thing, you know, whether it be just a fan interaction or something like that. Right. Um, you know, or, you know, with the wrestlers even. So no, that's, that's definitely, that's definitely a good, a good point there. Uh, Tyler, I think you were about to say something. Uh, I mean, my, yeah, I mean, my kind of thing would be like, having a policy like that, like it making sure it applies to everyone, not just like your, you know, non-champion wrestlers, but also like your champion wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Cause you'll have people that are there that have been there for a while or have been the champion. They're kind of the face of it. And not that I've seen any of that really around here, but you'll have those ones that will take, that will think that they're kind of like above 
mm-hmm. where they need to be. And I know that comes from that comes from like you know paving the way and, and being around for a while and and all that and sh- you know being respectful of that. But they also can't be above being called out on it or being reprimanded for it. Some pe- some places will you know give an exception to it just because that person holds some sort of belt or this or that. I mean, obviously if you know, AEW and of higher echelons of wrestling can do it. There's no reason that in, with the amount of indie workers that are on the scene, you can't find somebody to either push or replace them. You know, having that understanding, that would probably be something that would have to change as well. Because if you start getting to the point where some people start becoming, you know, beyond reproach about some of this stuff, that's when you run into, you know, problems. And that's when you run into the same thing that we're coming in, that everything's happening now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I can jump on that real quick, um, I will say that the last week uh, for a lot of people, especially local, um, and I, I use this term very loosely, um, it has been easy to call out people that we all don't like. Mm-hmm. Okay, when when there are people that we've all hated or have wronged a lot of people over the years, it's easy to call them out for their garbage it's a lot harder to call your friends out on this or people that you like or people that, uh, you know, I hate to use the phrase, but like, Oh, that's just him. It's very, very hard to call those people out, but those people, uh, eventually, you know, they have to be called out too. And those instances have to be, uh, addressed, whether they're champions, whether they're, uh, pillars of the community for years, whether they're veterans or things like that. It w- and this will be hard. It will be really, really tough to do because, you know, these people are well-liked or they're well-connected or they're friends with everyone. But that doesn't mean that everyone is innocent just because they're friends with people. Mm-hmm. It, that is where this movement gets really, really tough for people. And I think that it needs to stay vigilant. Mm-hmm. Kind of speaking to that. Um uh, one part of this, uh, you know, maybe it's not on the locker room side, but we're seeing a lot of fans, wrestlers kind of being disgusted and saying, how do I support something like this? Do you have anything to say about, uh, you know, just to that idea of, you know, what is left that is positive in wrestling? Because it just in the last week, it seems like there's more and more that isn't. There's a lot that's still mm-hmm. positive wrestling. There's a whole lot. Um, the fact that we are athletes and artists at the same time creating, you know, these just extraordinary storylines and we're telling a story and, you know, men and women being able to work together uh, in the ring for intergender at least, and just being able to, you know, tell a story together. I think that's something that's really positive. Mm-hmm. I think that we have a platform to do a lot with storytelling. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of wrestling promotions do give back to their local communities we have been involved in a lot of different charities. We have done a lot of different fundraisers. I think there's definitely a lot that wrestling provides, um, not only on an artistic basis and an athletic basis, but also, you know, for the community at large. Um, little kids look up to us for whatever unknown God reason, whatever. But, you know, we do provide a lot uh, as entertainers, as artists, and as athletes. I think there's a whole lot more to even explore. We have not hit our pinnacle yet of what we can do. Is this a systemic issue? I mean, 
it looks like it has been for quite a long time, but it doesn't mean that we can't fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say that there's a lot of positives. I think the fact that um, there has been a subset of, of, of wrestling right now that has been so quick to um, support it and call it out. So, like, um, if you follow any niche community, and wrestling is a niche community, mm-hmm. this is systematic problem in, in all niche communities. Uh, we saw it in Hollywood. We've seen it in music. Um, if you followed it online, the um, like the cosplay community deals with this all the time. So when we were looking at code of conduct stuff, one of the first places that got brought to my attention was uh, places like Tekka and the code of conduct that they've had to put in place at conventions and things like that, because the cosplay community has dealt with this. Mm-hmm. Um, music, movies, TV, video games, this is a systemic problem uh, throughout all of these industries. So for fans that go like, okay, wrestling seems pretty dirty right now, and how can I support this? I really don't want you to, like, like I hate to say this, but like, are you going to watch TV? Are you going to watch movies? Are you going to play video games? Are you going to... All of this is, is a problem. Mm-hmm. It's a problem in all areas. And so the idea for me has been, this isn't the time to shy away. I've seen a lot of wrestlers who have been bro- broken down by all this and said, like, I don't know if I want to be a part of this community. And, like, my advice to them is, we need you more now than ever. Mm-hmm. This is not the time to shy away from this community. This is not the time to go, like, my heart's broken. I don't know if I can do this. And I understand that pain for a lot of people because there's people that they've known for a lot of years that they didn't think have been this bad and they have come out to be very, very bad people. But we need your fight. We need you in this. We need the best possible people and the best possible role models to step into those voids, step into those training schools, be outspoken about this right now. So your passion for what wrestling was may have been shattered but start let's start developing a passion for what wrestling can be and i think there's there's kind of a, a an angle on this where we can kind of look at you know while we're we have a giant list of dirtbags basically has been provided um by the uh the, the pro wrestling truth movement I, I can't remember exactly what that uh twitter account is but uh, uh we were talking about it tuesday night on wrestling mayhem show um you know, much like when bad stuff is going down and there's the old Mr. Rogers look for the helpers, you know, that we've been saying since, you know, since March with everything going going weird around here. I, I feel like there is a, we're seeing the true colors of a lot of people. So look towards the ones that are doing good in the middle of this, correct? The ones that are saying, this is not okay. We're change- we going to make this better, you know, like Rise is doing. We are going to make this better, you know, admit- and being do- you're doing that in such a, um, a, uh, 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 a, a, a aware way that you say, we're not, you know, we're, we still have a lot to do, right? Um, yeah, so, like, I want to use this point real quick, and I don't mean to cut you off, but, like, mm-hmm. this is where it bothers me slightly, and, and it's not to criticize your point, but to criticize just maybe the, the terminology. When we talk about Mr. Rogers and the look for the helpers, uh, that is a message that we give to children. Yeah. Okay. So when something is going wrong and a child is scared, we tell them to look for the helpers. The helpers are the adults. If you're an adult, don't look for the helper. Be a helper. Okay. You need to be a helper and start making these changes. It's not time for you to look to someone else to lead. 
it's for time for all of us to be helpers and lead. Well said. Well said. Well, with that, uh, uh, Tyler Lord, do you guys have anything you want to say on the way out here? Um, I mean, just kind of echoing what Marcus. What said, did you like get in a car? That... What did this happen? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I've been watching them. I've been watching them, I've been watching them roam around. Um, no, uh, just to kind of echo what Marcus said, like looking, you have to have people who are going to to lead in this. For those that are saying that they want to give up and they don't want to do it anymore, or and stuff like that, because they're just they don't like where it was where it's going. I mean, like it, it wasn't really going anywhere. It's where it was. Mm-hmm. Where it's going is where you're, where it's going from here on from this point on, and that's why we need people like that to stay around, like to be an example, to change the culture, to you know fix what's what they see is broken. Giving up on it just doesn't work, and you're you're you just don't want to deal with it. You know, it's time to deal with it. It's time to own, own up to that. And it's time to change. That's the big thing. I think like you, if you are sick of it, something change it, you know, be the leader, be out there, be vocal, you know, be smart. That's really what I have to say. Excellent. Laura. I mean, yeah. So not to sound jaded or cynical, but, I don't know. When I got into this business, um, I was constantly told to be on my toes, be on my guard, and basically live out a life of paranoia. <laughs> so, I mean, I knew about people like this existing and not being able to talk about it. So now that it's all kind of been flushed out, I'm just like, well, yeah, there it is. So that's when I hear when I hear people like, oh, I want to quit. This is I can't believe that I have. This is so unbelievable. I can't deal with this. Can I swear Sorg or is that a no-no? That, that's fine. That's fine. Oh, great. I want to be like, motherfucker, are you kidding me? <laughs> I got slapped on the ass at a promotion once. Are, are you Are you serious? Mm-hmm. And I still have to keep going, but this is too much for you to handle? No. This is exactly what was in the room when you walked in. You Sometimes you have to stare right in the face. And now that we have, you know, obtained some you know, agency over our actions and how we want to see our business progress. Now it's time to take the reins and be like, no, that's not appropriate behavior. We're going to fix this. There you go. Last words, Marcus. Yeah, I I would say, yeah, I gotcha. Um, I would say that over the, the, man, this has just been, a wild, wild time. Um, I think so much of what we're hearing now from wrestlers uh, ties in so much directly with the pandemic we're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because, and this is going to sound weird, um, but I've had this theory. I feel like right now, because there's no wrestling, because everyone's sitting around, no one's afraid to lose a booking. No one's afraid to piss someone <laughs> off right now. You know, if there's no wrestling, what am I scared of? What am I going to lose? Yeah. And so I think that's why people are being more vocal about uh, racism in wrestling, about sexism in wrestling, about homophobia in wrestling, about all the stuff that's happening is because, man, if I make you angry, what are you going to do? Not bring me back in a year or six months when, you know, when we have shows again or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I think that part of this, it's taken away that fear uh, in people, which I'm very glad to see. 
Um, I started talking a little bit about like, we wanted to be a place where people could speak their voice. Um, and some people are going to be vocal leaders and some people aren't going to be vocal leaders. And we've seen uh, example people and we've seen vocal people. There's people educating out there right now, uh, day in and day out about racism, about sexism, about homophobia. There is people that are doting time and money on their own account. There's people that are at protests. There's people that are working on their own time to do that type of stuff. Everyone is leading in their own way. And I don't want it to make it seem like there's a specific way that everyone should lead right now or people should do things. If your way is to lead by example, then be the best example that you can be. If your way is to educate, then get out there and get on social media and educate. If your way is to organize, then find a way to organize and get money and donate it and that type of stuff. I think everyone has a role to play right now. And as I said on, on, on my social media, and I, I, I felt this way for a little bit, um, now is really the time. And I, and I love that I'm saying this as you give me like the last word on the show. Uh, now is the time for people like me uh, who are uh, straight white men in positions of power to shut the fuck up uh, and listen to the people that are experiencing these types of things. Uh, listen to what they're telling you and understand what they're telling you and believe what they're telling you and then work with them to fix these problems. I do not have all the answers. I will never have all the answers. The only thing I can do is listen to people that are experiencing these things. And so for people in my position, which is probably 95% of wrestling promotions are run by people like me, mm-hmm. straight white men who do not experience these things in their daily lives. Shut the fuck up. Stop posting. Stop commenting. Start listening. That's my best advice that I can give anyone right now. That's a good point to end it on. Again, this is uh, just kind of a start of the conversation, kind of a a way to kind of guide things and and hopefully get a little bit out there and help everybody understand what's going on, digest what's going on. It's a lot of what we're doing right now. Uh, We're we're not going to solve the issues of the wrestling world in a podcast, unfortunately. Uh, But but, uh, again, uh, you know, continue the conversation. We're having a lot of it on on our Wrestling Mayhem Show Facebook group. And of course, a lot of it's happening on Facebook pages, uh, on a lot of your social media accounts and everything uh, as well. So thank you so much. Thank you, Marcus. Marcus Mann, Tyler Klein, Laura Loveless. Uh, Real quick, uh, social medias, uh, Marcus, Tyler, then, then Laura. Uh, uh, you can find me Marcus Mann on Facebook uh, at Marcus Mann BHS on Twitter uh, Rise underscore wrestling for Rise's company we've been very very quiet because we're letting our wrestlers do the talking right now but we we are supporting everyone that's speaking out absolutely Tyler is he still in the car he might have froze on you sorry. okay Laura uh, the uh, underscore well, I'm on Instagram. Yeah, I'm still here. Turkey boy Tyler Klein. Uh, T boy Tyler Klein. Can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> the underscore real underscore Laura underscore Loveless uh, is on Instagram. Uh, Twitter is at Laura underscore Loveless, and you can find me on Facebook pretty easily. Excellent. Thank you, everybody. And again, please go check out everything. Um, if you if you just want to remember the way things were with crowds and 
when we don't have to worry about this. A lot of wrestling up over at IndieWrestling.us, including everybody here in action in some form with Rise Wrestling or all across uh, uh, the greater wrestling scene. Uh, thank you guys so much, and uh, until next time, stay safe out there and please support Indie Wrestling and each other. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.